Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety and learn how to be more fully present in life. Each week, I'm speaking with experts in the fields of entrepreneurship, nutrition, mindset, sex, spirituality, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a writer, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. Through my own struggle to balance the demands of motherhood and life, I discovered that to truly be happy, we need to be present. Your journey to feeling less stressed and more blissfully present in your own life starts right now. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm beyond excited to release this podcast episode. After I finished recording it, I basically decided I need to release this as soon as possible. Calendar be damned. Um, I usually wait a few weeks before I release episodes, but this one was so good and I know that you're going to love it. Um, and it's on the issue of happiness, which to me is like the end all be all, you know, the purpose of life. You know, why are we here? What can we do to make our journey here um, as good as it can be? So uh, Robert Mack is an Ivy League educated positive psychology expert. He's an executive coach. He's the author of Happiness from the Inside Out. He's a celebrity love coach on E! Network's Famously Single, and he hosts Good Morning La La Land. He's also a co-host on the Man Whisperer podcast, which is insanely hilarious and informative. You should definitely check it out. Um, But Robert writes and speaks to people about how to live happier lives from the inside out. You know, you hear this all the time, happiness is an inside job, and that's really true. And so Robert dives into how we can all become more happier, you know, practical things that we can do every single day and why we should even care, why we should even be doing it. Um, Obviously, we're all very busy. Um, The fact that you're taking time to listen to this podcast, you're probably on a commute or working out or cleaning your home, whatever it may be. Um, I'm just incredibly grateful and I just cannot wait to share what Robert uh, says in this episode with you because I know it's going to help you slow down, be more present, and really hone in on what makes you happy, you know, what would make you happy and what really matters in life and what should you be spending the majority of your time on in your life. And when you do that, it's a game changer. Your life will change. So enjoy the episode, listen to it once, listen to it twice, share it with a friend, Uh, screenshot it on your Insta stories, leave us a five-star review. I know that's a lot to ask, but um, I'm just putting it out there. Uh, Enjoy the episode. It's incredible with Robert Mack. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD Supplements. CBD is an amazing natural remedy for stress, anxiety, pain, inflammation, sleep, the list goes on. And it was such a game changer in my life that I had to create my own line. And I also added in ashwagandha and green tea. And I have exciting news. In a few months, I will be releasing my second product. It's going to be a thousand milligram full spectrum CBD oil. So whether you like the CBD isolate, which is what I currently have in capsule form, you will now have the option of purchasing an oil, which is going to be so exciting and I can't wait to add it to the list of products. So you can check it out, uh, motherhoodunstressed.com. And if you're in Atlanta at Roots Juices in Buckhead or Nuts and Berries in Brookhaven. Well, hello, Robert Mack. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier, and I'm just really excited to talk to you about this. I feel like this is the holy grail of topics, happiness and pursuing it and just being better in life and happier in life. And uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, my gosh. It is my pleasure and my privilege. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I have to agree. I do think happiness is the end and aim and the whole meaning and purpose of human existence. Right. Um, yeah, it's just a really, really big deal, I think. 
Well, we are definitely going to dive into that. But before we do, uh, why don't you give us a little bit about your origin story and how it led you to being a celebrity love coach, an author, and a TV and radio host? You have a long line of accomplishments. So how did that all come about? The hard way. <laughs> it, came, it came about the hard way. I grew up in an incredible family, very loving family, but we had our difficulties and challenges like any family. And to be honest, I feel like I was born a pessimist. And I feel like I was almost, almost born that way. And I'm sure I wasn't, but it felt that way because I was unhappy for as long as I could possibly remember. So I grew up overachieving student and athlete, um, but increasingly um, unhappy and uh, really self-loathing. And as I continued to grow, I did pretty, pretty well in school. I eventually went on to uh, Swarthmore College and I even played a little basketball there. And I just kept becoming more and more unhappy, so much so that I got to the point that I was deeply depressed and suicidal. Mm -hmm. So um, I had a great job at the time. I had a great girlfriend. I was healthy. I had nothing, truly nothing to complain about, um, you know, relatively speaking. And yet I was so deeply dysphoric on the inside. And so I began researching ways to kill myself and... Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, I don't want to be painful, and I also don't want to be messy, and I was very sort of specific about it. And then I also began recognizing that I only had access to certain means, and anyway, that all led me to decide that I was going to just use a steak knife from the kitchen, and I pulled one out, and I dug it into my wrist, and it's what we call a test mark. I still have them to, my, to this day on my wrist, but there's two slashes in my wrist um, because I was wanted to see how painful it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And um, something strange happened as I contemplated uh, suicide of my own death. And that was that despite things not changing a whole lot on the outside, everything changed on the inside at that moment. I felt deep peace, deep mm -hmm. bliss, loved for no good reason. I couldn't explain it. And so mm -hmm. I remember thinking, well, I can postpone this suicide thing for at least a few hours and See, look more closely into the experience I just had. And those few hours slowly snowballed into a day and then several days and several weeks and then several months. The whole time I was researching happiness and unhappiness and what leads to a happy life and what doesn't lead to a happy life. And I eventually discovered a program at Penn. It's a master's in applied positive psychology. And it, positive psychology is the study and science of what makes life worth living. So... I entered that program and um, I finished that program. And in the meantime, I opened up my own private practice. And in the beginning, really, I'm still considering myself just a happiness coach. But, you know, lots of people go to happiness coaches because they've got issues with other people in their life, or maybe mm -hmm. they lack other people in their life. Maybe they want to be married or they want a partner and that's making them unhappy. And so before long, I just became known more and more as a relationship coach. Um, one small sidebar, you know, when and I was paying for graduate school. You know, I had left a consulting job. I was working in entertainment. And so I'd, I'd met some people, you know, um, whether on modeling sets or um, whether it was a, a, like a TV. Um, I did a TV show for a while. I met people. And one of those people, uh, persons was um, Vanessa Williams. And so, you know, she was really helpful both in writing the um, forward to my book that I eventually wrote, but also in just sharing, um, you know, the possibility of other people working with me. So she'd say, oh, this guy... Rob Mack, you should check him out. He's into happiness coaching and maybe can help you out. So hmm. that's kind of my story in a nutshell. 
That's amazing. That's so amazing. I mean, it, it does lead to my next question is, you know, often it is our unhappiness with ourselves that causes all these other, you know, issues with others and then how we view our lives. So I love this quote from your website. And it says, when you find harmony with yourself, you find harmony with everything and everybody else, even if they don't find it with you. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and how that all plays into your underlying theme? Boy, I love it. You go right to the heart of the issue. It's just so <laughs> it's beautiful, really. It's one of your uh, countless gifts. Um, yes. So I would say that at the end of the day, it's the relationship you have with yourself that dictates and colors and influences and sets the tone for the relationship that you have with all other people and all the things in the world. So when you're deeply, truly, fully, authentically at peace and happy and love yourself, every other relationship that you have in the world gets up to speed with that, becomes, it gets in alignment with that. And even if it does not, even if people still have issue with you, you know, because in this world, people are always going to take issue with something about you. Mm. Or, you know, even if you're in a position, temporary place of lack in your life, whether it's money or career, or relationships, um, romantic ones, whatever it is, it won't matter in nearly the way that it would otherwise if you weren't happy, if you didn't find peace inside, if you weren't in alignment and harmony with yourself. And so finding alignment and harmony with yourself. And by yourself, I kind of mean yourself with a capital S. And for me, that's synonymous with peace itself, happiness itself, love itself, with God or source or spirit itself. And when you find that, which is within you, everything else works its way out. And if it didn't, even if it didn't work its way out for you, um, you would still be at peace and you'd still be happy and still have the ultimate treasure, the greatest gift of all. Wow. I think that that's so on point. Like as you were talking, I was just getting chills because it's truth. You know, it's, it's like getting to the source of that discontent and, and dealing with that as opposed to dealing with the symptoms, you know, of that. Um, so for our listeners who are like, yeah, that sounds great. Okay. What do I do? Like, what is, what is something that they can do to get in alignment with that, to connect with source, to connect with something that's going to help them? I know, I know it's not something that's always going to happen, but at least get to a point where they feel content and feel at peace. Great question. Really, really poignant question. So I would, I'm going to say a number of things. So I'm going to give it to you directly the truth the way it is. And not everyone will be ready to digest it. It won't feel all that palatable at first. I know it wasn't for me, but I just, I don't want to waste any time and bear the lead. So the truth is quieting your mind, right? Mm -hmm. That is the master key to experiencing the alignment and harmony that always exists between you and you. Okay. So, so, so there's a small little thing that I just did, which is essentially like we talk a lot about getting in alignment with or getting in harmony with, and, but really it's recognizing the alignment and harmony that already exists within you at mm. all times. Okay. But the only way that you get that really truly and deeply so that it's unconditional and immovable and unshakable and indestructible is by quieting the mind. You can call it practicing the presence of God. You might call it prayer. You might call it meditation but it is spending time alone with that presence that essentially is you, that is happiness, that is peace, that is love. And, 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 and then taking that quiet mind, I'll call it quiet mind, although it's really just a place of presence and power and quiet inside you. And it's almost mindless, it's without mind. 
Mm-hmm. It's taking that with you everywhere you go so that you can be in a crowd, but your mind is not obsessively, compulsively overanalyzing, thinking about the past, thinking about the future, thinking about the present. It's just fully and powerfully present in the stillness and serenity of the self. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That was powerful. Okay. So, I mean, to get there, I would imagine that you would have to spend your morning in prayer or meditation um, every single day. Is that something that you do in your daily practice? Ah, very good question. So, yes. So, um, so how do we make this practical? Um, Starting the day and ending the day with a period of prayer or meditation is just critical. And I almost don't like using the word prayer meditation. Not everyone feels a connection or resonance with those words. And it's just spending time enjoying your own aloneness, okay? Mm -hmm. Even if there are people around you. And the best time to do it is when your mind or brain is in theta, which is right when you're waking up in the morning before your mind is too active and right when you're falling asleep at night after your mind has been active all day and it's quieting down. And maybe you're lying in bed. You don't need to sit in a special posture or position. You don't need to do anything special and, you know, in terms of lighting candles or anything like that if you want to, and it helps you, helps to induce that state for you. Great. But you can do it anywhere at any point in time. So that's my first piece is schedule it into your day. Very first thing in the morning, very last thing at night, and then add something else, which is what I call micro meditations. You can call them micro prayers or practicing the presence of God in micro moments. But the idea that is that if you can as consistently as humanly possible, as consistently and as regularly and as frequently as you can remember, take one breath with the only intention being to enjoy that breath. You're taking a breath just for joy's sake mm-hmm. and you're letting all thoughts go and you're doing this one breath thing no matter what else you may be doing at the time. So you start your day with a little prayer or meditation, whatever it is, and then you get up and you walk to the shower. And as you're walking to the shower, you let thoughts go and you enjoy one conscious breath. No other goal, just enjoy the breath, let thoughts go. Then you get in the shower. Maybe you forget to do it. But next thing you know, you're in the car and you're driving. You don't need to be thinking and worrying and obsessing the entire time you're driving. In fact, you'll be a much better driver. You'll get there much more efficiently and effectively and safely if you take this conscious, joyful breath. And then you go on to the next activity. Maybe you're in conversation with someone. But you'd be surprised if you could just do this one thing and do it consistently and do it for the joy of it alone, that your entire life would become transformed just through this one thing. But in 20 years of my practice, I can probably count on one, one hand the people that have truly committed to that practice. You know, and even when they've committed, they've often made it about progress mm. instead of you know, presence and enjoyment. Wow. So why do you think that is? I mean, it's something so simple and that's something everyone has time for because you can't not breathe. Why do you think people don't stick to that kind of practice when it is so transformative? Great point. Um, I'd say that a number of reasons. One is just habit, right? And so we're hardwired. Our brain is now hardwired after decades of practice to worry and to obsess. Also, the mind's, the brain's function by its very nature um, is problem solving. And so it's a problem solving instrument. And it, like a century of a ship, it intentionally looks out into the world, looks for problems to solve. That's its job. So the first part 
of finding a problem to solve is to actually find the problem. So when it can't find problems, let's say, for instance, you were living in utopia or something, your brain would still create problems for you. As we've all noticed, we can have the most perfect Mm -hmm. experience, be sitting somewhere in Hawaii or Bali or something like that, and we'll find a way to worry and obsess, right? So it's that one challenge and opportunity is that the mind is designed in a way to seek out and search for problems. The second is that we've also practiced that way of living and thinking for a long The third piece is that we're reinforced by the world and other people to do the same. So people will actually say to you, you should be really concerned about this or you turn on the news. Mm-hmm. We should all worry about that. And so we don't, you know, most of the world will encourage you to worry, to think, to analyze, to do something better, to improve yourself or someone else or some condition. And so, you know, you have to really be committed in order to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I can speak personally, it wasn't until I started meditating and I felt that little, I mean, it must've been like two to three seconds maybe of just bliss and presence that I was like, I have to get back here, you know? And it was like, that's really what kept me going back to the mat or going back to the meditation cushion because I had felt so good, you know, in that moment. And I wanted to to get that again because I just, I needed it, you know? I, it was like oxygen. Oh, beautifully said. You, you know, I've got something called a shiver test. And uh, <laughs> shiver test is when I feel soul, uh, just a soul connection. And of course, I've had this since the conversation has started with you. And what you just said gave me extra shivers um, <laughs> because that's just it. Until you have that first glimpse, you've got to just do it based on faith alone. Yeah. But then once you have that glimpse, your faith becomes experiential. And it's not a belief in your head anymore. It's an experience that you have in your heart, in your very being, in your, in, in your very body. And from there on, you've, you know, it's just by grace alone, the momentum begins to build because you've had a taste of it. You know how good it can be. And that experience, even if it's just two seconds, like two seconds or three seconds in, in, of that kind of experience or two or three seconds in the life of a Jesus or a Buddha or a Lao Tzu or someone who is deeply, truly at peace and happy is like worth everything else in the world. I literally give everything I have in order to experience that peace yeah. on a consistent basis. And so once you have that kind of realization, you actually, in fact, do or you're willing to surrender so much more of the chasing and the pursuing and the obsessing and the worrying in order to have this treasure, this pearl of peace. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's so beautiful. So to transition to kind of, you know, what you do a lot in your work is relationship advice and counseling. And if for someone listening to this, most of them are mothers and probably in relationships, but they might be feeling like they're lacking or there's some kind of unhappiness going on there. What would you say? Where would they start to kind of unravel that and get to the core of a good relationship? Oh my goodness. So many thoughts there. It's so good. Really so good. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's just so good. Um, so I'd say first and foremost, um, just, um, gratitude. So, um, moms seriously rule and run the world and they make the world go around. <laughs> like I can say that from experience, my mom and my sister are impeccable. I mean, it's just incredible at their very worst. They are perfect angels. And so, mm-hmm. um, the first thing is just a recognition of the incredible resourcefulness that is required and that each mom is tapped into in order to just get through life like that of itself. And so I'd say that, you know, that what that means for me ultimately is just a recognition and an appreciation 
of who and, tr- and, and, and what you've accomplished already. And then also coming to realize that at the end of the day, it's really about simplifying things. And so for me um, and some of the moms that I work with, if you can clarify what you're most wanting to optimize your life for and your children's life for, get really clear about that. If you can clarify that, you can easily reverse engineer for everything else. In other words, if you're crystal clear that you just want to be happy and you want your kids to have a happy life, no matter what that means, and that's what you're optimizing your life for, you then reverse engineer in a way so that you look at every single activity and conversation and relationship that you have in your life and you look at them and you vet them for whether or not they're directly contributing to that ultimate aim of your life or not. And if they are not, then you want to seriously contemplate eliminating those activities or, or reducing at the very least. If you can't eliminate or reduce, then maybe outsourcing or delegating. Like as a mom, especially, you know, you've got to look at this in the same way, even though it's a family and you know, you're full of love. In some ways, it's also, um, there are lots of transactions that are happening in the course of a day for a mom. And so to the extent that you can just look very closely and vigilantly and say, is there anything here that can be outsourced? Anything here that can be delegated, reduced, eliminated? If it can't be those things, then can something here be automated or regulated? And really look closely at that. And then once you've done that, it's just going to open up a little bit of space and a little bit of bandwidth so that you can actually commit to some of the other things that we've talked about or will talk about in terms of you know time aside for a little meditation, a little prayer, going to get massages, whatever it is that allows you to tap into and turn on to the peace, love, and joy that's always inside of you that, you know, that that's ultimately where you want to get. But often I found with moms, we can talk about happiness and peace and love all day, but mm-hmm. they always say, where's the time and the energy port, yes. Rob? Right? So yeah, that's my first sort of level recommendation, I suppose. No, that's so practical. And it's something that I think everyone listening to is probably nodding their heads at like, yes, like why am I taking on everything? Why do I feel like I have to be the only one doing all of this when I could yeah. easily hire a maid and, you know, move some finances around and do it that way, or just, you know, get some help. I think we're so ashamed to ask for help or just show yeah. kind of weakness. I mean, is that something that you see a lot in your practice? Yes. And I've seen it with myself. <laughs> so um, I actually had a boss very early on who said to me, Rob, you're, you know, you've done this great job. You do a superb job here. And the only thing that would make you better is if you did a little less. <laughs> and I thought, wow. And he said, yeah, you know, we call that dysfunctional independence. And huh. that is a real stumbling block. Um, so, you know, I work with a lot of executives and the same principles and philosophies apply. And um, with the exec, whether we're talking to an executive or a mom, um, the idea essentially is that so much of life and what we do in life does not matter. And it doesn't move the needle in terms of the things that truly matter. And so, you know, there's a principle we use called the Pareto principle, but the idea is that most of the things you're doing are getting you minimal output or reward and lots. And, and there, but there are a few things in your life that are absolutely getting you incredible results and rewards. So for instance, if you look at your life, there's probably just a few of your friends that give you all of your happiness or make you feel loved or encouraged or inspired. And then there's a few people in your, just a few people in your life that are giving you like 80% of the pain and the frustration mm-hmm. Right. And same thing with, you can take that into any area of your life. It's working out. It's like, you can work out for four hours 
Or you can discover that if you lift weights for 20 minutes, the perceived effort is lower, but the, the result is so much better because you burn more calories, your at risk metabolism is so much faster. So that means you can eat more, but burn more. And so you just want to take this much more strategic sort of approach to everything in your life. Um, and it just starts with where you are. You don't have to eat the whole elephant at once, just start in small pieces, but definitely consider the possibility that lots of what you're doing wouldn't be missed if you stopped doing it. And then also, if you stop doing the things that you don't enjoy as much or that you're not particularly good at, you'll suddenly get to do the one or two or three things that you're uniquely designed to do on this planet or for your children. You know, trying to be everything to everybody is a sure recipe for failure. 100%. And I think that goes back to taking those quiet moments right first thing in the morning and then before you go to bed to get quiet and figure out what do you actually like? What makes yeah. you happy? Because so many women that I talk to have no idea. You know, they're going full blast and they're unhappy and they don't know why, but they're also not stopping to think, well, huh? I mean, why is this? Oh, uh, so good. You're right. And so that's a great um, actually segue because, you know, one of the tools that I use with folks when they say, oh, well, Rob, I don't know what I can stop doing, you know, mm -hmm. so much of this, it all feels equally important and necessary. And so then I'll say, fair enough. I get that. What about starting with simply writing down your happiness islands? Happiness islands are things that with very little time, energy, effort, you enjoy, you get excited mm -hmm. by, they inspire you, they uplift you. Um, and your success islands, things that you're just extraordinary at. And may, we're often blind to those things that we're really good at because we've been good at them all the time. People have always been telling us that. We just assume everybody else is good at them too. Right. Not true. But especially with the happiness islands, you want to keep this, this activity like really playful and fun. And so you might just start with like, I love chocolate. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, really true. Like I love sex. I love the beach. Like mm -hmm. I love wine. Like it's fine. It's not, this isn't, um, we don't want to use this as an activity to like beat ourselves up with or judge ourselves. Just start with things that you genuinely, with very little time, energy, effort, enjoy. And then as you notice that the, the list will go deeper and it'll grow and those happiness islands are ideally where you want to be spending most of your time and energy on this planet. Mm, I love it. I love it. So do you think it was you, you know, getting your master's in psychology that kind of brought this way of thinking or was it just you as a person when you had that moment, like in the kitchen, when you were contemplating everything, what got you to this point of your vision with how you mm. see things? Um, only God, mm. only, um, only source, only spirit. Um, not me left to mind of the own devices. I self-destruct. <laughs> yeah. I discovered that. Right. So, um, I'm at my best when my mind is quiet and yeah. I, and I'm just a transparency for that same life intelligence or energy that keeps the planets in orbit, that hangs the earth on nothing, that keeps the sun shining, the grass growing and the spring coming that same intelligence and life force that is me does it goes before me and prepares the way it perfects that which I would do and completely ruin. So it's just that. And I feel like from the second that I was um, conceived, if there was a moment when I was conceived, but I, that there was always, um, you know, a plan mm -hmm. and a purpose that I was growing into a deeper realization of, and I'll never fully understand the depth of that plan or that purpose. Um, but to the extent that I can spend more time being quiet, that purpose and plan unfolds for me um, without effort. 
That's beautiful. And I feel like you're just channeling all of that external source intelligence through you. I mean, everything that you're saying, I'm getting the shiver test too. And it's like, it's just absolute truth to me. And I think that that it, you're right. It is coming from something bigger and you're just, you know, the vessel for that. Mm, great way of putting it. I love mother Teresa said, um, I'm, I'm just God's pencil. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to be God's microphone. And, um, and, 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 and by that, I mean, uh, nothing more than, you know, um, there's just whatever it is that brought us into this physical life and whatever it is that will allow us to leave this physical life, that that same thing that somehow can dream up this entire universe and many, many other universes can take care of the, you know, nitty gritty trivial details of my day to day existence. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just like, it's a mind blowing to me sometimes the ways in which I and all of us worry and stress about things, um, that are so tiny relative Mm -hmm. Um, to the greater sort of scope and broader perspective uh, of Ugh, life, you know. 100%. So what do you want your legacy to be? No legacy. I don't want a legacy. Um, uh, and that's why I love that question. I would say that um, um, I, 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 I do love the idea of everybody um, coming, which is, going, which is inevitable, but everyone coming into a deeper realization of the inherent, innate, pre-existing happiness, peace, and love that they already are. Mm-hmm. And they're felt in a greater conscious recognition of their felt oneness with everything and everybody else um, in the planet, in the world. And so I want that experience for folks and I do not need or want my name attached to any part of that. It's, uh, you know, it doesn't have any interest. I don't have any interest in any of that. It just I like people being happy. And that's from a very selfish place, by the way. I just like people being happy. It makes my life easier too, you know? (laughs) Right, exactly. It makes for a better world for sure. Um, Wow. So if there was one main takeaway that you would want, you might have just said it honestly, um, but I have it here. If there was one main takeaway that you would want our listeners to walk away from for this talk, uh, what would that be? Yeah. So maybe it's, you know, expand expand on it just a touch, but maybe there's there's a quote from A Course in Miracles that I obsessed mm. with and is um that which is real can't be threatened that which is unreal doesn't exist and right so so for me that means if i feel that something can be threatened that's not where reality or life truly is so right so conditions and circumstances they come and they go the body it comes and it goes and each of us is physical human material kind of um manifestations it all comes and goes and that's great you can have fun with that and you can sort of observe that and be a part of the movie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But behind that movie is a movie screen. And that movie screen is something we're always looking at, but we don't recognize it so, because we're so caught up in the movie. The actors are so good and, everybody, and the emotions are so high. There's highs and there's lows in the movie, but you're always looking at the movie screen. But and, and to the extent that you can remember to that you're watching a movie, that everything that's passing and fleeting is not real in an absolute sense. It's real in a relative sense, but it's not the reality. And that the reality is the movie screen that exists behind it. So when that movie ends, that movie screen behind it is still there, perfectly untouched and unscathed the way it always has been. And that movie screen is inside of us. Mm-hmm. And that movie screen is peace and it's love and it's happiness. It's God and spirit and source. That is the reality. And so I guess that's my encouragement is don't let this world and don't let your mind convince you that there's anything special 
that you need to think or be or do in order to be loved or in order to be at peace or to be happy. Inside of you is infinite, eternal peace, love, and happiness. And your only job is to let go of this idea that it's not there and to let go of this idea that you've got to do a whole lot and be a whole lot and people please in all these infinite ways to access that peace and that happiness and that love. It's simply not true. Um, so whatever it is that you're seeking is already within you. Wow. Can we just have a moment of silence after that? <laughs> yes, we can. That was so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, wow, that was just incredible. Totally incredible. Um, I always like to end with some rapid-fire questions, though. So if you're ready for that. So true happiness is? Mm. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I would leave that blank. It would just, just true happiness is the same way like God is like that. That's it. It's a full, that's a full statement. Of course you said that. <laughs> yeah. True happiness is that you just, you already, yeah, you already had the answer. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. I believe in. Life. Um, I'm grateful for you. I'm so oh. grateful for you. And I mean that the deepest recesses of my being, because you provide this space, this incredible space that's full of non-judgment and it's full of unconditional love and regard. And it allows something that's much wiser and brighter and more brilliant than me or any of us to flow through and into um, the world. So thank you for that. I'm grateful for you. Oh, thank you so much. And last question, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Mm. The self is already realized. God is already realized. The screen, the movie screen, you're always forever, always looking at. You, you can't miss it. And mm. it, it's just your, it's just our, it's just my obsession with the thoughts in my head and the people and conditions and circumstances in the world that prevent me from remembering that truth. Yes. 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 I love it. Um, so for all of our listeners, how can they find you? Where are you online? What's the best way to find you? Yes. Um, so you can find me at Rob Mac official on all social media platforms. You can also find me at coach Rob, Rob And you can finally find me, um, at between nine and 10 AM Pacific time on good morning, La La Land. Um, we air live over most all social media platforms and Apple TV, Roku, um, Twitch, really everywhere. And it's such a fun show. I've definitely checked it out and it's just light and fun, but also full of really helpful, practical information. So, so I've got a coveted guest that I want on the show. Part of my, and that is you. That's, I would oh. love to have you. We would love to have you truly. So you let me know when you have the time and the energy and the interest and we will definitely get you scheduled. I will be there. I feel so connected to you. And this was such an amazing interview. I know that the listeners are getting so much out of this. I cannot wait to release it. Mm, thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you love this episode. If you did, please share it with a friend. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share it with a friend who would benefit from hearing it. 
Um, again, if you're listening to this while you're working out or on a run to Target, whatever it may be, screenshot it and upload it to your Insta stories and tag me at Motherhood Unstressed and note really quickly what you really liked about the episode and then I'll share it back out and uh, highlight you as well so we can keep our community connected and really just continue the conversation of you know what we're doing here in the Motherhood Unstressed community, which is bringing more presence and love to our lives and all the lives that we touch. See you next time. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.